Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Someone You Should Know. I'm very, very glad to have all of you here. I'm very glad to have Christine Dean behind the scenes producing the show. And and thank you very, very much for all your hard work, Christine. And uh, we are brought to you in part today by No Sweat Experts. You know, we're getting toward the, you know, the middle, the hot season right here in Texas and all around the country. Don't let your air conditioner fail you. Make sure you reach out to people like No Sweat Experts, especially here in the DFW area. They are experts at anything having to do with air conditioning and all. Make sure you get on their maintenance plan and all. It's a great plan. It's very affordable. They come out four times a year to check your filters and make sure everything is operating properly. And also, now's a good time to have them come out while it's so hot out. Well, speaking of hot and in the summertime and lots of sunshine and all, I have invited a personal friend of mine and also my dermatologist, Dr. Rachel Quinby. Doc, hey, glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. And we are, we as I said just now, we are in the middle of summer. It is hot out there. It is humid out there. People are still getting out in the sun, whether they're out just, you know, working in the yard or they're cutting the grass or they're going down to the beach or the lake, whatever. They are out in the sun. And that's why I reached out to you and I said, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that maybe just don't have the facts and figures they need to have in order to deal with the sun. And, uh, you know, you have been my dermatologist for several years now. Um, you have, you have taught me things that I didn't even know before, and, uh, I'm trying to be a good patient. So I want to share that information with our audience. So my first question is when people go out either to work outside or go to the beach or whatever, they're always told to wear sunscreen and, and, but if you walk into, you know, the, the, the CVS or Walgreens or someplace to buy sunscreen, there's two and a half aisles worth of product to choose from. How do you know what product is right for you? Well, one of the things you want to look at is the SPF. People are pretty familiar with that. So you want a minimum of 30 um, for an SPF. And then you have different brands, but the ingredients to me are more important than the brands. And I always recommend a physical sunscreen and that physical sunscreen deflects the sun. And that would be something with zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. Um, you want the sunscreen to say broad spectrum, meaning it's going to be covering UVA and UVB. And the, the physical sunscreens are going to do that. Okay, so UVA... Uh, UVB? UVB. Okay. If it says broad spectrum, it should cover both of those. Bro okay, broad spectrum. And an SPF mm -hmm. of at least 30, because I know it goes right? all the way up to like 100 and everything. Does that SPF what? 100 protect your skin any better than the, than the SPF 30? It does a little bit. 
um, it doesn't go up exponentially, but you know, SPF 50 is going to be a little bit better than 30. And so it, it, it is a little bit more effective, but when I say minimum of 30 and reapply every two hours. Because you have a tendency to sweat it off. And if you're down at a lake or whatever, and you're going in the lake, you, you want to, to uh, replenish it frequently. Well, it, even with the sunscreens that say waterproof, you're supposed to reapply if you get into the ocean or the lake and you, you've just put on your sunscreen, you get in, you, you're you in there for 10 minutes, you get out, you're really supposed to reapply, even though it says water resistant or um, so. And you say zinc, zinc oxide or, or zinc is the active ingredient that you should also look for on that tube of product? Yeah, I remember my mom always used to do that. She'd take the, the that white, white, creamy zinc oxide and everything, and put it, especially put it on our nose and sometimes on our on our cheeks when we were going out uh, in, in the sun or in the, even in the pool in the backyard. Um, that little right. blow up pool that we used to have. But, <laughs> but yeah, they've micronized it so you can rub it in, and it's not so white anymore. So, so. Let's assume that I go down to the beach and I sit down and, and I open up my little bag and I realize that I forgot my sunscreen. Uh, and But I'm not going back home to get it. Uh, and I get out there and I get myself, uh, as they say here in Texas, I get my hide southern fried. Uh, when it, if somebody does get into a state of sunburn, What's what are the, the the proper methods of treating sunburn? Well, the only thing you can really do are cold compresses with cold washcloths and aspirin or an anti-inflammatory to help with the inflammation. But otherwise, uh, there's not like a, a new treatment. Other than that, there's no acute treatment for sunburn. So. Either that or just forget about getting that suntan on that day and put on a nice long sleeve shirt or something to protect yourself. Well, clothing, yeah, hats, sunscreen, clothing, umbrellas, shade, um, if you don't have the sunscreen with you. Um, so in addition to that, especially at the beach, you get a lot of reflection off the sand and the water. So just sitting under an umbrella is not going to be sufficient. Um, it will, it will help for sure. So definitely doing that. And they, there are um, UV uh, clothing lines that you can buy because like a regular white cotton t-shirt is better than nothing, but you're still getting a lot of UV through it. So they, there are brands and you can buy the rash guard shirts. I think that that's much more effective. You're not having to apply and reapply your sunscreen and it's as effective as wearing a, you know, the physical sunblocks. Well, you also mentioned hats. And, uh, you know, I, I know from personal experience that a wide brim hat out in the sun is, is bad. whether it's a floppy hat or it's a, a straw hat or something that has an adequate wide brim to cover up the ears. Uh, and, and, the ears uh, and, the, and, the, and the back of the neck and the sides of the neck. Because we right. see a lot of patients, especially men, who wear ball caps um, and they they have a lot of skin cancer on their ears and a lot of sun damage on their neck. So, and and I know that from personal experience. I never could understand why they really developed a baseball cap just to 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 block a little bit of the sun from your eyes 
when you sit out in, in the sun and everything and it starts to crisp up the ears and the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. And, and as I say, from personal experience, my father developed melanoma and, and ultimately skin cancer from the ears. He was, a, he was an avid golfer. And we tried to get him to wear the, the you know, the uh, the uh, brimmed hats and everything. And he was more comfortable in a, a soft baseball cap. And I, I think we can't, you know, emphasize that enough because the people that are watching and listening to this show are from all over the country. And there is no part of the United States that escapes the summer heat and the summer sun. Maybe Seattle gets a little more rain than other places, you know. But it's sunny wherever you are, and you've got to protect yourself. Because if you get if you get sunburn or you get a melanoma, uh, how how does someone treat a melanoma? Well, depending on the stage of it, it's always an excision. So the earlier it is, um, if it's a thin melanoma, you can cut it out, um, excise it. It's just a local procedure, um, and that will take care of the majority of the thin melanomas. If they get thicker, then we will sometimes refer them to a general or oncology surgeon who will cut it out again, but possibly check lymph nodes. And then if it's found to be deeper than that, then then there's treatments, immunotherapy and other things that um, would be managed by an oncologist. It, it It's it's nothing to to slough off folks i can't i can't tell you enough because this young lady sitting next to me found a melanoma on my face going back probably i guess it's been about four four years ago maybe five years ago turned out to be cancerous and it was removed and ever since whenever i go back to visit she's a hawk uh at looking all over the, the especially the head the neck the face uh, and all for anything that looks unusual. If you don't have a dermatologist, folks, get a dermatologist. If you happen to be in the DFW area, I highly recommend Dr. Quinby. She uh, is getting ready to open a brand new office, uh, Magnolia Dermatology. It's going to be located uh, at the uh, the tollway just north of El Dorado. Uh, and it's going to be opening within the next few weeks. Um, uh, uh, we'll we'll put the uh, the website up on the screen. I urge you to go to the website, take a look, the email address also. Send an email if you need a dermatologist. Uh, and all I highly recommend Dr. Quinby. And the thing is, the beauty of 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 your new office is I think it's you and a partner. Uh, it's it's a basically a, a two person office, correct? Yes. Because. I've had, I've had. Carla Gustavich is the Yeah, where do, where do you, Carla, Carla Gustavich, and, and where do you know her from? Is, did you just meet her here, or have you you've been talking about doing this for years? Well, she worked together for the past 15 years um, in the same offices, but they were never, we never owned the practices, and we both have you know, a handful of kids each and, you know, young kids now that they're getting older, you know, and then, you know, it's a little bit easier to work, um, or work more. And then our practice that we worked with at, together was sold to a corporate practice, which became a little less, you know, we became a little less content. And then one day we just said, you know, 
you want to open up a practice together and we and then it went from there so and it just seemed to be the right timing for everything so well, when I first saw you, you were with what I guess I would call a medium-sized practice. Then you went into a larger practice. And sometimes mm -hmm. you would walk in and they would say, well, uh, Dr. Quinby is a little busy, so we're going to have another doctor take a look at you. But, you know, I don't know about other people, but I, I have a feeling that when I have a doctor, I want to see my doctor. And so I am absolutely thrilled that that you and uh, and Dr. Gustavich are, are opening up your own uh, practice together because I I do believe that that gives you uh, the flexibility of spending the necessary time with your patients, you know, to give them quality service and all, and give them the the right approach to what kind of treatment they need uh, to take care of any any kind of issues that they might have. Well, the, the goal of one of our goals for our practice was to make it a more intimate setting where. Um, it's not a huge practice where you don't, you don't have tons of people working there and you don't know who is who, but just to, to make it a more intimate. So you, you have your doctor, but you know, the space, the setting is not, you're not being led around corridors and up and down the hallways here and there. So, right now, you know, other than just, you know, uh, the, the uh, general uh, uh, checkups and everything that you will offer to your patients, what are some of the areas uh, uh, that, that you, will, you will cover uh, with, with your patients and with your practice? Um, well, like the overall checkups are generally going to be for skin checks, monitoring moles, looking for skin cancer. So we do a lot of those skin checks, but we do, we treat a lot of acne. Um, a lot of eczema, psoriasis, with a lot of the new medications that have come out. There's a, there's great treatments for psoriasis, um, warts, things like that. Uh, we're also going to offer uh, cosmetic services. Uh, we have an esthetician who's going to be there, and um, she can do cosmetic stuff like Botox and fillers. And um, we have to develop that part of it, too. But she, Dr. Gustavich and I are pretty much medical dermatologists, so we treat the whole gamut of skin disease in all ages, too, you know, young to old. So, I, I you know, I mentioned melanoma a, a little earlier. Are there things that people, you know, they can just roll up their sleeve uh, and take a look at their arms and, and uh, take a look at the neck? Uh, you know, I mean, I can, I can show you that I, I frequently get these little marks. That, that bug the heck out of me. And you know so that because whenever I walk in, I say, yeah, can you just burn a couple of these off so they're not as noticeable? And it's very easy. Is it, is it nitrous oxide that you use? Nitrous oxide. Yeah. And, and just, psh, 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 and within a few days, it's, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's just a great preventative uh, way of taking care of your skin. But your dermatologist has to, has to recognize it. But for people that just roll up their arms and all, what are some of the signs on the skin other than like age spots and things like that that people should be aware of in order to maybe raise that flag and say, you know what, maybe I need to go over and see Dr. Quinby? Um, well, anything that's new that pops up, but like you said, there's a lot of things that you'll pop up on your skin that are benign. Usually they're called seborrheic keratoses. We see a lot of those a lot of people come in for their seborrheic keratosis that is bothering them and then we'll find a melanoma next to it and they haven't even noticed it 
But, um, you know, new growths, especially things that show up that grow, that are changing, in, um, or if any mold that you've had that may be changing in size, shape, or color, or sometimes if it's just a little pink or sometimes it's a little itchy, um, those are things that we look at for, for melanoma, the ABCDs of melanoma. But a lot of them don't fit in with the, the size and the asymmetry and the discoloration, but sometimes it'll look like a benign mold, but it's just growing. And so that's when we like to find them because they're early and we can just cut them out and you're you know good to go as far as that melanoma goes. You have to increase your skin screenings. Um, but other kinds of skin cancer are things that bleed, um, especially things like basal cell skin cancers. It'll start out looking like a total little, just a tiny mole, but it might bleed and scab and crust. And um, our squamous cell skin cancers, which are usually a little crustier, and those are usually in older people and definitely like the head and the neck and the arms. We think, you know, kind of the farmers get those a lot because they didn't spend so much time in the sun. The things that are growing are the, is kind of the thing to look for. So if you notice it and then, uh, and then a month later or something, it's still there and it's maybe getting a little bit bigger. Uh, it's not, not the time to procrastinate uh, because right. like, like anything else, if you catch it early, the better. Yeah, I mean, we see people all, like I said, all the time who come in for benign things, and that's fine. We want to see them make sure it's benign because, like I said, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. I mean, most often it's a benign growth, but you never know. And you, the earlier you find these things, the better because, you know, especially like the head and the neck, the ear, there's only so much real estate for surgery. You know, you, you want to find it earlier. You don't want to lose your ear or other things, you know, that require extensive plastic surgeon, surgery afterwards. So, You know, I, I was doing a little bit of pre-research for our show and everything, and I didn't realize that skin cancer is one of the, the most predominant cancers uh, that we deal with today. That, you know, it's not necessarily lung cancer and breast cancer and all, but skin cancers are right up there on the priority list. Well, they're definitely, it's definitely the most common uh, cancer in younger adults, um, you know, 20s to 30s. It is the most common form of cancer. Is there, is there kind of an age threshold where, you know, I mean, you know, are, are children a little less, less likely to develop uh, skin cancers at, you know, in their youth? and all but is there like a plateau where where when you reach a certain age you really should be a little bit more aware of it on a more uh you know ongoing basis usually around puberty um is when we start you know the moles and stuff but we i have seen seven-year-olds with melanomas it's really rare for a child to get melanoma um there are some genetic conditions that predispose some kids, but they're usually seeing specialists for that if they have started getting, you know, these things called basal cell nevus syndrome where they get skin cancer starting very young and hundreds and hundreds of them. And um, so it, um, usually puberty is a good time unless some parents want their kids to come in sooner, especially if there's a family history of melanoma and we're fine. They usually just don't have a lot of moles at that point but some you know younger 10 year olds will have you know moles and we'll measure them or take photos of them and you know go over 
what to look for and sometimes take some, take them off if they look, you know, particularly suspicious. Um, so. I mean, obviously, when you get into my age group, you get into the seniors and everything, there's lot, lots of things uh, that that look dangerous. Uh, as I said, uh, when I when I come to you every once in a while, I have I have a mole or something that you tell me is it's it's not it's not anything to worry about. But you call them barnacles mm -hmm. uh, that, that as we get older, we start to develop these barnacles. But. If it looks suspicious, don't just say, oh, well, it's probably nothing. Because the last thing in the, in, that you want to hear is to finally go to the doctor and your dermatologist said to you, uh, this is not just nothing, that this is something that we, we really need to take up. We need to cut it out. We need to send a biopsy and we need to find out what's going on. So, you know, uh, I guess, you know, we, we keep hearing this, the, 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 the phrase, see something, say something. If you see it on your skin and it's getting darker or it's getting red or something, uh, that's the time to pick up the phone and, and say it, it's time to come in and get it checked out. Yeah. And, and we you, really, you go ahead. As I said, we do a lot of more biopsies than we find skin cancer because sometimes it doesn't look like skin cancer, but there's just something about it. Um, and it is skin cancer. A lot of times, it, it you know, they're benign, but it's become better safe than sorry. But you're talking about the barnacles. I did have a woman who came in to see me a few years ago, and on the top of her head, it looked like a barnacle, but it was kind of crusty and scabby. And I'm like, well, let's just take it off. And it did turn out to be an invasive melanoma. And unfortunately, she's developed metastases to her brain. And, you know, it, it's just kind of disturbing sometimes. You think something is not going to be anything. So if you've got something that's growing, because she came to me and said, you know, look at this thing on my head, it's growing. So we took it off just to kind of be sure. And so it's always well, good. You have something growing and changing to have it checked out. And and that's exactly what happened with my father and all. He uh, uh, the His dermatologist at the time told him, that he needed to put more cream and, and that uh, uh, zinc oxide and all when he was going out to play golf, which he did at least twice a week, uh, tried to get him to wear a brimmed hat, but he fought that. Mm. Uh, but he kept telling him, I want you to come back in six months and check it out. My dad didn't. And it did. It metastasized to the brain. And that's ultimately what took his life. Uh, so, you know, we're not talking about something skin, skin, checkups and everything that is something to be be just scuffed off it's not frivolous it's something that's very very important and i urge everybody to make sure that you have a dermatologist wherever you are in the country if you happen to be in the dfw area please please consider dr rachel quinby because she uh she's uh i think she's an expert at her field and she she gives you a thorough examination she doesn't let anything go un unchecked and that's important. And she makes meticulous notes so that when you go back, she knows, well, let's see what we looked at six months ago and I'll look, it looks fine. Don't worry about this. Or let's take a closer look at this because it's grown just a little bit. And, and I think that's important. You know, you mentioned something earlier that I want to, I want to address and that is teenagers. Um, uh, ac acne. I remember when I was growing up, uh, uh, acne was, a lot more prevalent, it seems, than I see today. And maybe it's because kids 
when they get into their starting into their teens uh, and all get ahead of the game. But are there things that teenagers and for those that are listening and watching, if you have teenagers, please listen up. Are there things that teenagers should be looking for to avoid acne progressing to a, a, a stage that be, becomes, you know, a little bit less controllable? So acne is caused by hormones that come on during puberty. Um, there can be some other things, but that's the most common thing. So if someone starts out with mild acne, you know, they can try the over-the-counter brands of benzoyl peroxide and some other things, and that might be enough. But if they start getting like the deeper, what we call cystic um, lesions, or, you know, or if it just is becoming very, um, if they're becoming very self-conscious of it, the way it looks, then we do recommend coming in to see a dermatologist because there are things that we can treat them with that are much more effective than your over-the-counter creams um, and washes. And if they're starting to develop scarring, we want to be particularly aggressive with that because scarring is a lifelong problem. Patients who have severe acne, you know, we often put them on Accutane. And a lot of people are scared of Accutane from what they've heard. And what I always tell people is there's a lot of potential side effects, but we really see very few of the side effects on a regular basis. Um, but it is one of the most effective treatments we have in all dermatology for any skin condition. So I would encourage anyone who's developing scarring is to get an opinion from a dermatologist for some more aggressive treatment. Better to be safe than sorry, that's for mm -hmm. sure. It, you know, I remember you know, the other thing too that I, I want to address uh, is skin care. Uh, my mom, <laughs> I remember she had the biggest jar of Pond's cold cream uh, on her on her vanity that she used religiously every night. She used it to take off her makeup and she used it to moisturize her hands and moisturize her face. Uh, this is going back 70 and 80 years that 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 was one of the more prevalent products mm -hmm. today. Again, you have got it's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry, um, you know, skincare and skin creams. Are there, again, certain products that, that women and men should consider using on a regular basis and all just to keep the skin, you know, flexible and, and, and pliable and all that's uh, just like over the counter kind of stuff to consider? Well, the most important thing you can do for for aging of the skin is to wear a daily sunscreen. Um, if it's just on your face, I often recommend in the face, the neck, the backs of the hands and the forearms, because you get a lot of sun, even if you think you're not getting sun, the daily trip to the grocery store or picking up the kids in carpool, you're getting a lot of sun through the windows of your car. And that is the single most important thing you can do for anti-aging. Um, Cleansers and moisturizers, I say they're usually, you know, preference, patient preference. There are some that are, you know, maybe more directed for certain uh, skin types, really dry skin or oily skin or different things like that, but they're not really anti-aging. Um, the other th most, I always tell people there's three things that you can do that are just the best bang for your buck. And one is a sunscreen every day and an antioxidant um, to wear under the sunscreen, like a vitamin C a serum. You can find those over the counter or in dermatology offices. 
So, and then at night is a, some sort of a retinoid product. So a lot of people are familiar with Retin-A, which is an acne cream, but it's also a great anti-aging cream. So it does reverse a lot of the fine lines and wrinkles and texture and pigment changes. So those three things are the best thing you can do as far as anti-aging without spending a fortune. You know, and, and I think it's safe to say that we, we, <laughs> We, we try to take care of ourselves the, the best way we can, but, but people always say, before you do something, consult your doctor. Well, <laughs> I think that this is true with dermatology as well as it is with a lot of other medical practices and all. If you feel that there is something that just doesn't feel right, maybe, maybe you're scratching or itching your, your arms uh, more frequently than you thought. Uh, maybe you're noticing a little bit of uh, 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 redness uh, on the skin or, or things that are growing. Consult a doctor because, you know, there's multiple skin types. And you, I, I'm, I'm sure that you would recommend certain products to people with different different skin types. Me, I go out in the sun. I don't. I don't tan. Um, I turn. I turn beet red. And then maybe maybe after a few days, it'll start to resemble a little bit of a tan. But people with fair skin, uh, and often will burn a lot faster. Uh, people that have olive skin, Italian background or something, whatever, they're usually able to tolerate uh, the sun a little bit more. But still, there are products that they need to look into. Uh, you know, uh, Rachel, I have a friend uh, 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 of color who said to me, you know, uh, it, when you do the show, would you ask Dr. Quinby, are there th things that people of color need to also consider for their skin uh, because just because you have dark skin, um, you know, are you, does that mean you're not susceptible to some of the same, same diseases that the, the, the uh, sun can cause people with fair skin? Well, they're definitely less likely to develop basal cell or squamous cell skin cancer. Um, they can develop melanoma and in dark skin patients, some unusual sites that we see it though is like the fingernail bed or the bottom of the foot. So those are more prevalent in dark skinned people. So, and they're not sun related. They're, it's a genetic predisposition to that. Um, but that, and then as far as, I mean, if they're really dark, they're not likely to burn. Some of the, you know, lighter skinned dark people are, may burn, but also they are, uh, they're prone to getting what's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So they may get a little pimple that the pimple goes away and it leaves a dark mark for two months. So if they wear sunscreen, that can help prevent some of the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. I have a next door neighbor who's Latin and she's out washing the cars uh, all day in her shorts and, and, and just a tank top and everything. And she's got this gorgeous tan, which makes me jealous and all but uh, it, it seems like she would be less likely to have to, to deal with, with skin issues than somebody with light skin like myself. Well, I mean, less likely like some of the like squamous cells and basal cells and, and that, but I know a, a friend of mine, his sister, she's from Colombia. She developed a melanoma. I mean, she's very dark skin. So it's not, you're not out of the woods, but I mean, you may have some of the less uh, you know, sun-related problems that fair skin people do because fair skin is definitely an, is an increased risk of developing all these skin cancers. But I mean, 
It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Is dry skin still a, 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 a big issue with people? It is. And um, especially as you get older, you produce less oil on your skin. And so people's skin tends to dry out. Um, we see it a lot of the time in the winter because you turn your heater on, which dries your skin out even more. And then one of the things I'll sometimes tell people to do is to change their soap they're using in the shower. So if they're using Dial or Ivory or Irish Spring, um, that is a true soap. And if you remember from chemistry how soaps work, it leaches the oil out of off of whatever you've gone dishwashing detergent. You know, leaches oil off your dishes. So it leaches the oil. So I always recommend a non-soap cleanser, um, yeah, like Dove or something like that. That's not a true soap. I mean, it will clean your skin, but it's not going to like take all the oil out. And then, of course, if you a lot of people are still dry, there's a bit of people that you know turn down the hot water, lukewarm water, pat dry, heavy moisturizing cream after the shower. So cream instead of a lotion is going to work better. So. Yeah, I remember. I remember my mother always used to say, "Get soap that had lanolin." <laughs> and I never really knew what lanolin was, but it was just <laughs> an ingredient. And uh, uh, aloe was another one that very often you would see products that said it would mm -hmm. have aloe in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, are the, are is that are those you know good recommendations to 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 use soaps that have lanolin or aloe or something like oh, that? No. My not necessarily. I don't think it's going to hurt anything, but it's not going to really do the trick. Well, you know, and that, and that can be a misconception, too, because sometimes, you know, we all see the packaging on these soaps and everything. And, and this is doctor recommended. Uh, this is new and improved. Uh, and all. It, it is is a good portion of this just hype and, and, and marketing uh, and all. Oh, marketing. And when, yeah. You know, marketing. I mean, yeah, people. Some people like you know, really sweaty or working outside need to use a soap. And in that case, we just kind of say the soap goes in the pits and the privates, and everything else is just a cleanser. So, yeah, but it, a lot of it's just marketing. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, I'm, I remember construction workers were always told to to use lava soap or something. <laughs> right. I guess it had what it had a little pumice or something in it that yeah. would help get the get the grease and the oil and everything and, and all good or bad yeah well we'll see people with hand eczema and a lot of times it's not anything they're doing but sometimes occasionally someone's using lava or you know irish spring is a big one that dries people's skin out um you know and it's, it's just unnecessary it's just making their skin a little too dry so yeah that, that that's another thing i mean the, the the soap aisle in the stores could drive you absolutely crazy uh with 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 what's out there but i mean Obviously, I think I, I know the answer to this question, but it's it's important for people to consider having a dermatologist. You know, you, you got a dentist, you got a primary doctor, maybe you have, uh, you know, women have a, an OBGYN, and I'll make sure that on your cadre of doctors, you have a dermatologist, because as you get older and as you travel, uh, you go on cruises, you go to the lake in the summer, whatever, it's important to have a dermatologist that you see, would you say a minimum of once a year? We recommend once a year. Um, people who've had skin cancer, it can be anywhere for every every three months to four months to every six months, depending on 
you know, how many skin cancers and how often they're getting them, but a bare minimum once a year. And the other advantage of having a dermatologist is, um, and this is true across the board for anyone, if you have some strange thing that pops up or a rash that develops and you call your dermatologist, if you're an established patient, they're probably going to get you in pretty quickly. If you're a new patient, there's more paperwork, insurance verification, and you're usually kind of you know, not seen as quite as urgently if you're an established as an established patient. So it's good to have someone that you can call up. Like in our practice, in my practice, if it's an established patient and they call for some acute problem, we'll just work them in that day. So now, somebody just uh, te texted to me, texted to me, and say, "Ask her, are are uh, most of the services that you you offer covered by insurance?" Um, most of our services that are medical the things that aren't going to be covered would be botox i mean we do sometimes botox for sweating under the arms and that sometimes is covered by insurance but most of the botox and the fillers aren't going to be covered any kind of laser treatment is not going to be covered um and then things like skin tags that's a really popular thing that people want to have removed are not covered by insurance so those are you know those are considered cosmetic procedures more so, you know, for instance, like the the, the bags under the eyes and Itching things. Itching and inflamed and they're covered. Yeah. It's just a cosmetic fee. Yeah, it's a, you know, th there was something else that, that that in 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 a little bit of my research, I noticed something called photo aging. What, what is photo mm -hmm. aging and how is that treated? Photo aging is just the skin changes you get from sun exposure. So it would be the sunscreen, you know, the the antioxidants and the retinoids are going to treat most. I mean, it, it's the best treatment for photoaging. Like, there's a lot of other things that you can have done to treat photoaging. There's laser treatments and things like that. Um, so there's laser for you know for wrinkles and for red spots and brown spots that people get. Um, so there's treatments for that, but all of that falls under photo aging. So, so you're a Texas girl. You, 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 I'm a West Texas girl. Yes, you're a West <laughs> Texas, born and raised in West Texas. But I, I do know, <laughs> and it was something that I noticed up on your wall, and all you, you did. Uh, was it your residency or something at Northwestern University in uh, in uh, in Evanston? Well, I did my, I went to, well, I went to A&M for undergrad, um, so I'm an Aggie too, and then I went to UT Southwestern in Dallas for medical school, and then I did my residency at Northwestern, and one of the brilliant parts of that was, it's actually not in Evanston, it was in downtown on Michigan Avenue, so I got to spend a good part of my life going to work every day on Michigan Avenue, which was, it was a great experience. Much better then than it is now in Chicago, but it was great then. So, were you there in the winter? Yes, yeah, I was there for five years. Yes, it was it was challenging. If, if you've never if you've never lived in Chicago during the winter, a lot of people park on the street, and there's this unwritten rule that if you dig out a spot for your car, you have to dig out you know feet and feet of snow, and you put a chair or something like an old chair usually there people will leave your spot alone 
like that's your spot <laughs> and it's really funny you'll drive up and down you see these chairs on the road and those are, that you dug, you dug out your spot you get to park there so <laughs> Well, and also in the winter, when you park your car on the street, sometimes you don't get your car out until spring. All right. <laughs> so I had an all-wheel drive because, yeah, you kind of need it. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> well, the new the new uh, office, uh, you're hoping that the new office will be opening in the next few weeks, but uh, I urge people to go to the website or to email uh, uh, you know, Dr. Quinby uh, ahead of time, you can, you can send an email to info at magnolia derm frisco.com. And I'll say, yes, I would like to make an appointment. Uh, I understand right now what they'll do is they take all the information that you need, and then they will start as soon as the doors are open and all those start confirming some of the appointments, but it'll probably be around uh, the middle of July or, or, or so before you will start uh, the practice, you know, head on. And I know that Lauren and I already have our appointments ready and set to go to, to come see you. And I, I, I look forward to it. Um, are you excited about this new chapter of your life? I'm so happy about it. I've, I've always worked for someone else. So I'm so happy to be my own. Well, I was always an independent contractor, so self-employed technically, but to have my own very own practice, it's really amazing. I'm very excited about it. So I plan on not ever leaving there until I retire. So, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that it will give you the opportunity then to to offer the services that your your clients need and want. And now you can add and subtract. You won't be under the gun to just do this and this and this and and not not go any any further. You'll be able to say to people, I recommend this. You'll also you said you're going to be working in skincare. Uh, uh, working with skincare products and and, mm -hmm. and making recommendations in that, and I think that's that's absolutely super because you know people are people are different and have different skin tones. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna we're going to sell some of the sunscreens out of our office that are harder to find that we think are the best, and some other skincare and hair care products that are you know you might have you have to go to Amazon to order them, but we're going to have a lot of the more popular ones in our store or in our office and we'll um, to sell um, some of the products. And like I said, we're going to develop a, a, we hope to develop a thriving cosmetic practice as kind of a side thing. Not really, you know, like I said, Dr. Gustav and Shad do the medical, but we do have an esthetician who's going to be doing a lot of that. So we want to develop that too. I think it's a pretty uh, strong demand in the Frisco area. So Super. Well, those things go hand in hand. Rachel, I can't thank you enough for for making the time. Uh, I know that these past few few months have been been tough because you're you starting your new practice. You're going into a brand new. You're not going into an existing uh, facility. This is a brand new uh, uh, building and all that you're going into. Again, it's north of uh, of uh, El Dorado and just east of the tollway. Uh, right. So you, if you're coming from the yeah, if you're, it's on Dallas North Tollway, and it's the Panther Creek exit is where is what it is. It's just north of El Dorado, um, right. and there's a complex of medical buildings. So yeah, the uh, uh, the the hospital uh, that, that's there, just a little north of uh, uh, the, the the hospital complex, and all. Well, 
I wish you the very, very best of luck in the new practice, you and, and Dr. Gustavich. Uh, I look forward to to seeing you there and meeting uh, meeting Carla and the very best in the new practice. And I know you're you're excited about about taking charge of your of your own your own office, your own practice. And I wish you the very, very best. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. My, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. And to those of you that are watching and listening, I always end my show by saying, be yourself because everyone else is taken. So go out and make it a great day and all. And if you need a dermatologist, this is the lady to see. Okay. Go out, make it a good one. Take care. Thank you, We're Rachel. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Someone you should know. You should know.